0: whoa We're 25 recording. we are
1: recording In bottom 25 we can now rent a car guys
0: we can rent a car we got a discount on insurance get a discount on insurance too Yep. Yeah. what else what other myth for the kids listening that shit don't happen
2: you're allowed to go behind the green door oh Yeah.
0: The green door.
2: The The green green door? door. Yeah, you can go behind the
1: green door. We have a bar in town called the green door. Is it like that? Hmm. Uh, I don't know what happens in that bar. They still have old style on tap.
2: Oh, I thought it was going to be something about... Well, I won't go there. Who's behind (laughs)
0: the green door? Uh, Rambo?
2: uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's your turn to do it now. It's your turn.
1: I was going to say, are we going to wait for Steve's incredibly offensive version of sweatshirt, Steve?
0: Where's my hoodie? hoodie? (laughs) I need my camel sweatshirt. Oh, you're my hoodie now. That's how I picture Sly. (laughs) Right before we started recording we were all very seriously blown away by our guests.
1: Very much so. Like, just some of the stuff he passed off as just, oh, yeah, this just kind of happened, is Major League Rock history.
0: Fucking legend. Legendary. Gary Shea
2: from New England and Alcatraz. And he seems like he's played with everybody in that 70s, 80s, like, hard pop yeah. to froggy stuff,
0: you know? Deep ready mm-hmm. guitar players.
2: But- Played oh, with yeah. Kai and Yngwie Malmsteen when Yngwie first came to this country. You know, that was the bass player. So.
0: Mind blowing. Mind blowing. And, and a super cool guy. Such a nice guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. And
0: he plays a four string. <laughs> Wait. Four exclusively. Mm-hmm. Mostly. He has a five string. He does have five string. Yeah. He travels with one bass. Which I love. And it's a forcer.
2: (laughs) I mean, I've done the one base thing for like simple shows or like Mm -hmm. whatever, but. But
0: I'm just a simple man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a running thing now, right?
0: I'm a simple (laughs) man, Jenny. (laughs) a hoodie, um, I'm a simple man, Jenny.
2: <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I'm a simple man, Jenny.
0: Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says. Please All his go...
1: impersonations are just melding into like one thing. So All now, you run off you with guy, guy,
2: get that Get
0: pregnant and then come back to me. <laughs> so one base, pretty cool. I yep, know, but um,
2: makes life a lot simpler too. Yeah. You know.
1: Yep. Also, pretty cool, Steve, to find out that he cut the uh, original Alcatraz album on an L one thousand.
0: Mind blown. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: I love that pick guard. That his
0: yeah.
2: style weird pick guard. I really I would, like that.
0: In my mind, it wouldn't work, and I saw it on that L one thousand, and I saw it on his jazz. Fuck, it works. Looks yeah. Fantastic. Really I good. think it looks great. Yeah, I love it. it. I mean, he I he was so kind of influenced or enamored with that Telecaster base. They took the pickguard and kind of uh yeah, it, it, it's great, man. But yeah, that old one that, that blew me away. I'm going to I'm kind of stoked that he said he's going to take some pictures this week mm-hmm. of in the base doing some video. They can kind of share that. So, and that he's I, from what he alluded, he's the original owner. He's had it since yeah. the early 80s.
2: Yeah, wow. he's the original owner. Yeah.
0: Yep. And then he has that badass '65 Jazz, even though it's had some work done to it. That's still I've uh,
2: had to come in and learn all that New England stuff to play with Hirsch, and so he's some great lines.
0: Am I? What he would just he just did a little thing when we kind of behind the green door, you know <laughs> after afterwards. But his lines kind of have these fourths and almost like Anthony Jackson esque kind of things. Is that correct, or was I?
2: So yeah, he does do like a lot of slide down fourths and yeah,
0: and melodically plays up It's like you know, very, it's almost mm-hmm. that's very reminiscent of Anthony Jackson, like when he first did like that. Yeah. Drum,
2: right? yeah. Then back,
0: yeah. yeah, that's really cool.
2: I mean, if I have listened with stuff with like headphones on and really had to dissect it, and I'm like, sure. oh, okay to play it as authentically as i possibly could. So that's
0: amazing. And it's almost i mean Alcatraz is like this like he was saying what is it like the english version of well, sorry space so and right like
2: now. Like, a, like a deep purple. Thank you. Deep mm-hmm. purple. Yeah. It just
0: yeah. just fucking soulful. That's just a great soulful band. Mhm. So yeah, and i love the story with the 2 Zs. he's been
2: playing with Jimmy the keyboardist for what, decades For four decades You know yeah. And Jimmy's another one That looks These guys don't look Their age You know
0: He's like, 70
2: He's 70 yeah.
0: doesn't I, Are you kidding me That's crazy He looks so young Like oh, What Kirsch is a
2: couple of years Older than him And hardly has any gray hair Oh
0: my god So I- these guys Actually made it out Of that era That style That crazy Lifestyle Indulgence Party they came out of it healthy, like right looking good. They, they seem like they all, you know, he took care of himself. He sight bicycles all the time. I mean, that's really, really cool, man. And always took the music seriously, didn't drink, didn't do any of that during.
1: <clears throat> yep, before, during, yeah. always went after. So, rehearsing every day, long days, you know, and that's a good work ethic. People, people miss. I think the fact, too, like he was saying about rehearsing for hours is that. I, I think the, you know, I, I hate to, to put it into this thing, but kids these days <laughs> kind of get up to the point, like if they do rehearse something, they'll get it up to, oh yeah, we got it. And then you're good. Whereas like they were just hammering this stuff yeah. until they couldn't get it wrong.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, working on musicality, chop. Yeah. I mean, playing that long, that's that's going to build up just... You're just going to be able to play forever with being like, oh, all right, facility. Right. Facility.
2: When you play it till you hate it.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
2: You do get to another level. Yeah, it's Even if it's simple stuff. It well, yeah. yeah,
1: it's that stuff where, you know, we're like, let's say the three of us were in a band. We we're just hammering stuff like that. It gets to the point where I'm not thinking about what I'm doing anymore. I'm looking at what Steve doing. And how is my part fitting in with his? And then now that I've got those two down, how is Tony's part fitting in with all of us? And then that's where you get that magic of like, yeah. holy crap, these guys are really just breathing together. You start
2: listening more,
0: you know? And yeah. The 10,000 hours, you know? Yep. With each other and playing with it. But, but I'm thinking of the three of us in a band would be pretty cool.
1: It'd be funny. <laughs> it
0: will be very funny.
1: It'd be pretty sweet. I mean, you know, it could be like the, um, what was it, the Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller, Victor Wooten project?
0: Yeah. M Wait, MAP, it would be MAP. Moody, Arajo Puleo. Or.
1: Oh, Puleo, Arajo, or that would be Pant. Pam. Oh, name Pam. Bam. Pam. Araho, Moody.
0: Or we could just we go. We have to play.
1: do an EP now. We have yeah. to do
0: an EP. Oh, wait, how about AMP? Araho Moody paleo
2: Oh.
0: Or Apm.
2: <laughs> Aphm. I like Aphm. I like Camp just as much as I do Pam.
0: Yeah. I, I'm i going for Aphm. Or Pma. <laughs> pma. Pma. because not have that your... a swear in Russian? Pma. It's almost Italian. Pma. Nice. Uh, a
1: Croatian or something? Hey. If, if any of our Slavic. You know, listeners are out there. Please correct me.
0: Yeah.
1: And if Steve has insulted you in any way, you may be entitled to financial compensation.
0: (laughs) Call Larry H. Parker now. (laughs) App or p'ma.
2: We might insult somebody every gig and every show. And we don't even do it on purpose.
0: I'm insulted right now. Good. By your lack of liking two consonants together.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) You need a double... Two two dots yeah. over it.
0: I am very, very insulted. You can't let them be together. You can't <laughs> let the P and the M. Yay. Gotta have the A in between it. How dare you?
2: <laughs> two hard constants. Okay, fine, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Hey, who's our sponsor?
2: Uh Donnie Brook Coffee. Donnie Brook Coffee. Donnie Brook Coffee from Peabody, Massachusetts.
0: Wait, Peabody. Peabody. Peabody.
2: We call it Peabody where I'm from. Yeah, but that's everywhere great. else
0: in the world says Peabody. So this one time you you go Peabody, I was expecting Peabody.
2: Peabody is what I would say. Yeah, you threw yeah. me off. Peabody. I was off. But Sorry, I like Peabody. but but I have to think of
0: globally. <laughs> you're a global global. Uh, you're <laughs> a global <laughs> thinker. What That's what you, you get for
1: linking those consonants together, Steve. Yeah,
2: yeah, right. Here's your two dots over that over your M. All right.
1: That's an umlaut. <laughs> That's called
0: an umlaut, I believe.
2: Oh, okay, all right. I get what our Slavic languages.
0: Oh man! All right. So this is right, that episode, would be good. what? Yeah. So this is episode twenty-five. Twenty-five. I'm stoked! It was fun. Gary is freaking awesome. Legend. Super. Yeah. Legend. Legend. <clears throat> Legend.
2: Yeah. Let, that history. That's rock and roll history. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So. All right, love guys. It. Oh, so you guys are in a blizzard storm snowmageddon right now. It's not too bad. I mean, not this is too bad. And cool.
1: hey, we're
2: not getting snow right now. We've got some coming. But it's like in the mid-20s. Got it.
0: Yeah, I
1: think we, we might have cracked 20 today. Texas you know, the game. funniest thing was, Steve, I sent you that um, screenshot this morning when it was like negative nine. It went down to negative 14 before it started going up. Like I showed it to my son and we we're both like, oh. that's cold. I was like, you want to go outside and take out the garbage? He's like, no.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> um, I talked to Howard Oliate today. Oh, and how he is he He's doing great. He says to say hey to everybody. Um, he is, uh, uh, they're not under a lot of snow but they have like two inches of ice on the roads okay so their their big issue is driving around getting places but he has a really cool four by side by side thing you know like a ranch four by four thing and that's how he's Mm -hmm. getting around he says that works out really well nice like that just sounds like fun to drive that thing no matter what all the time Mm -hmm. like why why you gotta wait for the snow just drive that thing all over the place I was wondering
2: if he's missing Southern California right around now,
0: you know? I mean, weather-wise is, but he's, dude, he's got great, you know, he's doing great out there. He has a whole uh, work, you know, work area, Mm -hmm. house that, you know, he winds pickups, and he's got a bunch of land, so he's doing really well. And, you know, Nashville's, you know, mostly okay, except when it freezes right now, but he's doing really well. Right. Yeah, we'll have to have him, we'll have to have some revisits with some of the the people. With the uh,
2: Big Bottom alumni?
0: Yeah, big bottom of Yeah.
2: Line. Well, well you know put some people back on. Yeah. yeah.
0: Can I be on it?
1: No.
2: no. Oh well.
0: I that got was so fast, John. <laughs>
2: so fast. That was I, I was trying
1: to make it sound like I was waiting a little bit, no. but
0: I didn't
2: me. say a word, Steve.
1: <laughs>
0: Rambo be on it. Rambo, Rambo. I'm gonna do a whole podcast. I need a big book knife kick me out of town. <laughs> you can't kick me out. Well, can I get a cup of coffee here? <laughs> a cup of
1: coffee. Oh, boy.
0: You can't kick me out of the big pot. <laughs> <laughs> get your sheriff. Go ahead. Try. Okay. We should, All right. Sorry, guys. He probably yeah.
2: explain <laughs> the concept of this joke. No. No?
1: no? Nope. Okay. All right. We won't.
0: They have to listen to episode 24. Very, very well. Good okay. tie.
1: Good tie in.
0: Listen All to right. episode twenty four to find out the Rambo Big Bottom connection.
1: Special Rambo. You might as well keep keep notes because I have a feeling it's going to last throughout at least the rest of this season.
0: So oh, it's going. It's going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. If you guys try to kick me out, I'm bringing uh, I'm bringing Rambo in. There you go. He's coming in. He will. <laughs> He All was- right, let's
2: stop recording. It's on to right. Gary. All right,
0: All right everybody. Yeah. Hey, Big Bottom crew. Steve Araujo. John Moody. Tony Paleo. Amp. App-em. Amp. <laughs> Amp. That's how we signed off. That's how we signed off. Uh-huh. Amp. All right, guys. Everybody take care out there. Be safe. It was a fun time. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Damn it, I, I, missed, the, I missed. the fumble. We
2: can say this while I we're recording. We're I mean, not the most serious guys, again. Gary. We're not the most serious guys, and I think that's what uh, wait, some people are, are the, liking. We're pretty what
1: the, open. Yeah. What the fuck did you drop, John? I dropped my phone because what I've been trying to do is do this. Were you so text- I have. A- wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. Exactly. Were you texting?
0: Were you texting while we were going to start this podcast? How dare
1: yeah, you? I was texting. I was text- <laughs> texting. Yeah, <laughs> texting. Tony saying, geez, when will Steve start this thing?
0: <laughs> like, God damn it. I know. Sorry. All right, Tony. All right. So we go. have with us today uh,
2: from New England, Alcatraz, the bassist extraordinaire, Gary Shea. Gary Shea's with us today.
3: Everybody how? Hell yeah, man. Thanks <laughs> you
0: for it? joining us. This is awesome, man. Thank you.
2: I, uh, I want to just start one thing, if I can. And John told me this. And I think I said this to Gary <laughs> when we met. Um... Gary got the job that when I was a teenager, he had the job that I wish I had. (laughs) I I will openly say this right right now in Big Bob. You wanted to be a cab driver
3: in Boston? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, thanks.
3: I mean, you know, that was that was a great thing. And we we did drive cabs. (laughs) We did drive cabs. There you go. But, but Tony, you want to,
0: I mean, Gary was, you you know, so
2: when I was younger in that time, uh, like, I mean, everyone has a slightly different background in the Gen X thing and so forth. Like, so mine was like playing with shreddy guitar players. not necessarily playing a shrapnel thing but like that's what i practiced that's how i got better that's how i got good because i focused and then i kind of fell into the whole jazz thing and gary already had like was playing with the best guitar players yeah. on the planet you know <laughs> i mean literally you know in the rock realm that, that was him you know that's so awesome. yeah the gigs i wanted man
0: and at that time what was the gig you had gary um what what was that gig that was I know
3: you played with Steve Vai. He was talking about Alcatraz or New England? In New England. Yeah. Well
2: Alcatraz for one, yeah. Know? yeah. So
3: that'd be early eighties, mid eighties. Early eighties. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. Ingve, Steve, Danny Johnson. Yeah. Oof. Yeah.
0: Jesus. I mean Steve Vai. Yeah. Just Steve. Amazing. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Fun playing with him. Did you enjoy Oh hell yeah, we had a great time. We're still good friends. He's on That's our, awesome.
3: Our last record, the last Alcatraz album. He's on, he, he submitted a track and mm-hmm. the track rocks. So, Dirty in the City, it's called. Wow. Yeah, is there, is there ever a track that Steve I did that didn't burn?
0: <laughs> that wasn't just yeah. fucking rad. He's from another planet. Just amazing. Yeah.
3: And we got him out of, out of Frank Zappa's band. And he, wow. and he had his old jeans and t shirt on. He told me he'd never be flashy. And I said, oh, Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sure. Levi never flashy? Yeah. Then he joined Dave Lee Roth was like, hey now. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's
2: Hollywood as it gets, Mr. 777. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. He's I a good guy. That. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. No great problem. player. Learned a lot of stuff from both those guys.
0: That's awesome.
3: Yeah. And everybody i play with, I've learned a lot from. You know? Mm-hmm. Whether it's John Fannin from New England or Michael Monarch I play with in London, okay. which is Detective. Wow. Unknown, great band that got kind of passed over. Okay. But Michael Monarch played for, he's the original Steppenwolf guy. He's the guy that plays to mm-hmm. Be Wild. Oh,
0: man. He oh, wow. Plays like, oh, man.
3: He plays like Jeff Beck, he's scary good. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's the key too, is, I mean, you, you want to definitely take something away from, especially music, you know, you, you want to learn, you want right. to, you
3: want to never stop learning. Hopefully. Right. right? That's. So, the, you yeah. know, um, like being in a lot of places and never resting. I've met a lot of guys and,
0: yeah.
3: I've had a uh, a good education of, of people and players. So I'm really real thankful for that, real lucky for nice being afforded to be able to do that to travel mm-hmm. around and meet guys and play in good bands.
2: Hmm. So Gary, was it New England that really like cut your teeth and started all the big touring and everything? Was that like the band that really
3: yeah that's the that put, put team us, team. us on the map? Yeah. We okay. had the song Don't Ever Lose You and made the top thirty. Okay. And when it came out, we were on Infinity Records, which is a new label. Hmm. They had to make us famous. They only had us in Orleans and the Spiral Jar. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Fuck! Talk and, about dichotomies. Talk about just that's crazy. and and Rupert Holmes, the Pina Colada guy. Oh, wow! <laughs> that was it. It was what? And they were supposed to work with us really tight for for you know one on one and not sign a lot of bands. But I'll get into that later, but they signed 40 bands and broke up a year later, screwed us up. But that summer, we the album came out, it hit the top 30, and we toured with Journey, ACDC, did the Kiss Dynasty tour. We were with Sticks, we were with Kansas, we were all over the place. And that got us going, like the first New England album. Played Master Square Garden. I figured that night I could die now, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up I mean. in Connecticut and, you know, and the whole thing is we're going to I used to tell my high school teachers, you know, we're going to, you know, screw off and die. We're going to play the garden. It's, it's in the cards. I'm not getting a haircut. I'm not changing my shoes. I'm not, you know, I don't like beetle boots too bad. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. I told my high school principal that, you know, one time I got mad. I said, listen, I'm making more than you are. And I'm 16. You're 45 and you're high school principal. I'm not going to stop doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and 10 years later, we stood there at the garden, you know, a row of SVTs, four yeah. SVTs and so in Vega, reflex cabinets and 10 guys in the crew going, this is cool. <laughs> this works. So, yeah, yeah. we got, got going and we had a great time. With that.
2: Were the KISS guys good to you? I always hear stories about like. how they, no, they were good. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah. okay they were good.
3: um Um still friends with those guys. Cool. But we did get kicked off the tour, though, in Montreal. We- we, were, we got an ovation before we hit the stage, and that was the last kiss tour we ever did. <laughs> oh,
2: my. Oh, wow. True story. Whoa.
3: Oh. We had another four or five shows to go, which would have been had us in Springfield. And our guest list between myself and John Fannin, you know, being based in Boston, yeah. our guest list for Springfield Civic would have been quite extensive. <laughs> so we were geeked about that. And we played Montreal, and we didn't realize that we were doing so great in Canada. Mm-hmm. and Hirsch being Canadian that helped with the Canadian content thing we had gone there six months before to Toronto and done a big promotion thing with we rented a Maserati dealer had albums come out of the back of the Maseratis and Ferraris and had you know, the <laughs> girls walking around cocktails and all kinds of fun going in the back room and and when we got to Montreal a, whole, a place for one thing when you go to arena you know most people don't see the opening act they're coming to see whoever's the headliner
0: yeah and mm-hmm
3: people are still in the parking lot and doing their thing and taking their time. We got there and the place was pretty much crowded. And, you know, we did our usual thing, you know, welcome. We just done Madison square garden two nights, the the silver dome in Detroit, all those kind of places. Here we are in Montreal at the forum going cool. And they welcome new England, the whole place stood up cheering like they scored a hockey goal. And I looked at John like 40 feet away going, Whoa, (laughs) the first time in my life I ever stood there People say you're nervous. No, I'm not nervous. No different playing a million people than one person in front. Of you. It's hard to play for one person in front. It is a million people. Yeah. And when I talk about nerves to do it right and everything. But but I stood there going, holy cow, this just never saw this before. And they went crazy. Every song, people went nuts. We did Encore. We were doing Encores every night anyway, but we got the word next morning, we weren't on a tour anymore. No explanation was ever given. Even though we're with the same company, even though Paul helped produce the first record, it's like yeah. <laughs>
2: you guys want to say management as kiss
3: yep yeah for, wow. for years
2: that's weird man wow.
3: so yeah. left-handed compliments what we call it
0: yeah. yeah right
2: mm-hmm. wow. we had a
3: couple of those we I had a lot of those was, actually
2: <laughs> i wonder if it was gene going ah oh, no I can't have this you know what i mean
3: yeah we don't know yeah you know? and we stayed with with bill for another for almost two more records i mean it wasn't like we that was the that was it for the whole sure. relationship mm-hmm. it was just that tour Hmm. so we carried on we went right up into our second album at that point and then the record company folded right in the middle of cutting basic tracks like guess what no label wonderful so we lost a lot of momentum
2: hmm, we changed
3: labels long story changed labels mca came back and said we got 44 bands we're keeping four and you guys are one of the four wow so we went to la had a big meeting the came after us again we had six record company presidents come to our place and the woods in Massachusetts, Clyde Davis came, R- Bill LaCoyne, Chris Wright from Christmas presents all came in oh, magazines oh. with suits on to our little dumpy house we had with the walls knocked out. We did our, our best impersonation of playing at Madison Square Garden in a cottage. <laughs> <laughs> and every one of them off a deal right there in a briefcase, sign here, 10 record deal, you know, escalating from 250 to 350 to 450, to fifth albums, five fifty. sure. And we could have gone to RSO, we could have gone to a lecture. We had Lenny PC from Epic was there. I mean, Clive Davis sat in a folding chair in front of my SVT. I'm going, hey. Damn. <laughs> we loved it.
2: Damn. Was that the Braintree House?
3: Yeah. Yeah. All those yeah, guys were okay. there. That's crazy. And um and um, you know, Clive Davis told us that that uh he really wanted us to be on for They just signed the kinks, but they had no heavy band, and he wanted a heavy band. For his new label, we were the guys if we want to do that. And that was cool. And Chris Wright from Chrysalis, I'm walking across the lawn through the woods and he says, You're, you guys, are one of the best bands I've ever seen since I discovered Procol Hair. I'm going, Whoa, I'm driving taxi cabs. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, so that was cool. I said, Don't believe any of this. They're all just trying to tell you that they could get the autograph.
2: <laughs> so you guys rehearsed, if I'm not mistaken, like all day long, type of thing, right? I heard about those rehearsals.
3: Well, yeah. Well, the deal was we, you know, we played bar bands together, all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy's band, Fat Back from North Carolina, morphed into New England after about six, seven, eight years. Going all around from Michigan to Montreal and stuff, playing colleges and schools and every bar in the world. And we broke up in 75. I went to California. Jimmy and John recorded Annie McClune. Mm. And then he called me up after about a year and said, Come on back to Boston. I said, No, I'm in. I'm in L.A. I think I got the uh, the Al Stewart gig. And he's going to be famous. He's got a song called You're the Cat. It's going to be big. I'm telling you, it's going to be big. Yeah, and they're going, man. ah. I said, hey, he's talking 1000 bucks a week. It's 1976, you know, so I might be staying in California. And they're going, like, come on back. You know, I said, ah, it's cold back there. And they called me three <laughs> times, and I said no twice. And I said, yeah. I said well, you know, if, if I go back, I'm 25% of something if it clicks. Hmm. If I'm a side guy, you know, any given moment you can lose your job not you can't lose your job in a band either it just takes more lawyers
0: sure.
3: yeah <laughs> but i uh i went back and we decided to work at night mm-hmm. to support ourselves and not play any more bars no pa no trucks no roadies none of that baloney and not listening to bartenders tell us we suck and some agent tells us we gotta learn eagle songs or something like that yeah,
1: yeah.
3: So none of that crap no more and we had a, a friend in philadelphia john fan had a friend at uh, a studio in Philadelphia and he was doing all the R&B stuff but he had a beautiful studio and wanted to work with a rock band so we could do phasing and backward guitar solos and have fun and so we went down there three different times and cut about 10 tracks all together and the third one clicked and so we decided to to every day we rehearse from nine o'clock in the morning I would take the train from Boston, Jimmy and I, carrying the bass <laughs> on the subway Walk to the station in the snow, take the subway into town, change trains all the way down to Brandtrain, the South Shore. John picks up picks up in his car, and we go to to the house and rehearse from nine ten o'clock in the morning until two or three o'clock every every afternoon, five six days a week, for almost two years solid. We did that. Wow. And at the end of that, we had about twenty songs that we, we were working on. We could have done a. It was we could have the chance to do a double live album, a double album on the the first get go. The only band that ever did that was Chicago, and that worked out for them. It's kind of risky to do that because you're, you're blowing all your songs for the second album. So mm-hmm. you, you work your whole life doing the first album. <laughs> the second record comes up a year later, and it's like, now what do we do? Yeah. You have to scramble to make the, the sophomore record as yeah. good as the first impression was. But lucky for us, we had a lot of songs. But that was what we did. Because we, everybody, a lot of bands, you know everybody works in the daytime then they go to rehearsal at nighttime and they're drinking coffee at seven o'clock at night and they're falling asleep and want to go home, go to bed and nothing gets done and you don't rehearse. So we thought we're just going to bang away this stuff all day long, not worry about the rent from playing bars anywhere. And we did that. And I thought if I drive, if I fall asleep in a taxi cab at two in the morning, fine, I don't pay the rent, (laughs) but we don't have to play bars. And that's the reason we did those long daytime sessions and it paid off. We got a lot of work done we tore those songs backwards and sideways and no one's really ever produced the band. We did it ourselves. To this day, we're still doing the same thing. Even though our, our output's not as much as it was back then. We've worked on some new songs here and there. So that was the, uh, the that long was, uh... so rehearsing pays off. A lot of people say, I've, I've been other places and people, Oh, we only rehearsed, you know, three times. We want out to be fresh. It's like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't buy that. You know, real well, bands don't, great bands rehearse more than once or twice. Well, and I mean, you got to, you got to nail well, it. I know
2: what it's like with Hirsch. Hirsch was like, all right, guys, let's do this, you know, again and again and again. Yeah. Well, I just, mean, it's brutal.
3: Brutal. We'd run a verse. We'd run yeah. a verse, you know, cycle a verse 20 times in a row for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Playing the verse over and over and over and somebody's doing things or John and Jimmy did things together. Hirsch and I, we just cycled the part while they practiced the part at full volume. Yeah, Because it's a different thing of sitting on a chair and playing it quietly to actually playing it loud through a Marshall stack and okay, get the grip on the volume in the room. So when the people came to see us, it sounded like Pink Floyd, but the room was tweaked. We had a bunch of junk for gear, but it was all taped together. If we had to move it, it would never work right. We went once to SIR in New York and it was a disaster. We blew the <laughs> power at SIR in Manhattan. And we, had, we were auditioning for some heavy lawyer guy to manage Grover Washington Jr. That was the big thing back then. Mm-hmm. And if we get this guy, we'll be famous. Yeah, right. So we're down in New York City with a rental truck. We blow the fuses. And the staff is freaking out. No one's ever blown the fuses here. The Rolling Stones rehearse here. It's like, well, we're not the Rolling Stones. Fix the power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So it ruined the whole day. We, you know, it was, we, we wasted our time doing that. And we said, never again, we're not going to do a, a showcase in a club. Yeah. We're just gonna you know, do it on our terms. And we have our we have sixteen track demos, which was a big deal back in nineteen seventy-seven that have, mm. have that. Wow. And they can come see us play live. We can play the stuff live. That was the whole big thing. People like the music, but can these guys play live? We'll come to Massachusetts and we'll play it for we'll play it <laughs> we'll play it twenty songs back to back. Yeah. And they went, Okay. And they did, they came and and uh, it all went really well for us. So well I mean
0: that's that's like that's literal woodshed like that's practice you're i mean yeah that's getting your chops up man you summer know, winter that long just playing shed and shedding shedding you know that's and at the same time you're learning you're not just by yourself shedding but you're you've got musicians so you're working on musical dialogue i mean that's that's a huge growth thing you know i mean right that's that's real life woodshed which is rad that's right. amazing
3: you know you can say take it from here all four <laughs> yeah. guys boom take it yeah. from there yeah you know exactly where we are and, awesome. and we are really, really tight. And so we yeah. still are, even though we don't see each other as much as we used to. But, but we just, the four of us have this affinity together. Yeah. That we just know the music and know, I mean, I know what the bass should be doing. Like on yeah. our newer things, what the bass basically should do this. And John goes, that's great. You know, <laughs> I wrote the song, but I wouldn't have thought of that. That's cool. Sure. And that's how I make our, make color the sound. And uh, nice. so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of rehearsing and rehearsing on your own before you get there, and then when you get there, rehearse too. No drinking, yeah. and I always, I'm, every place we've always gone, hey man, you guys are gonna jam tonight? No, we're not jamming. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same set every night. We're not changing anything. Yeah. No eighth notes are being changed. Yeah. We're not jamming, we're not drinking either before we get up there. No drinking, no smoking pot. Yeah. It's not a party. This is what we do, we play music, yeah. seriously and you yeah. can't play this stuff drunk trust me <laughs>
0: no, i respect that and that's, that's it's not gonna yeah. go a
3: little drunk yeah. yeah
0: i mean you take it this is this is what you do this is
3: yeah exactly. and after after the show sure drink some beers have fun you know we're leaving town on a bus we're flying out <laughs> yeah. great have a great time get some sleep then do it again tomorrow yeah. But all next days there's no beers at noontime or anything like that yeah wow and uh that's a that's a good policy that's Some awesome. people, I see, you go to re- rehearsal studios and you see all these different bands and their little cubicles. Now we got six packs of coolers. And Jack Daniels. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's
2: not Yeah, Hirsch was like that. He's like, no drinking here. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I never do, you know? Right. But that was one of the first things he said to us as a rule.
0: Like, and, you know?
3: Yeah. None of us are saints, but we just don't do it before
0: you play. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have your facilities. So think and people. Yeah. I
3: know. Like it didn't work out for Ace because of that. You know, Ace had problems with mm. drinking and stuff, and he got himself in a lot of trouble. Mm.
2: So then, how, where did it go into Warrior? You went into Warrior, <laughs>
3: you know. Well, we we switched to Electra Records. We did our second album in Boston, right on Newberry Street, and uh, Intermedia Studios, which had done nothing for ten years except the first Aerosmith album. And then they were doing like commercial sound things. And, and we decided, let's let's do, let's go there. It's two stops in the, on the trolley from my house. That <laughs> works for me. I can walk there. <laughs> we asked Michael if he'd come from London and use that place. And he said, sure. We, he brought an extra gear from London to augment that. Mm. And uh, we did the second record in Boston. And we mixed it at Media Studios. The first album we did L.A., New York, and London. We spent a lot of money on that first record. We were in L.A. for two months. And we were at Cherokee and Davlin. And we mixed, we sang at Electric Lady Land in New York and mixed it at Trident in London. This time we thought we're going to regroup in Massachusetts. If you're not from Massachusetts, you're going home. <laughs> Maybe local. We, we cut everything down. We shaved our budgets down big time. And uh, did the second record, but we had to go to court to get, we decided MCA wasn't going to really be good for us. It's just too many bands. Electra swore a we do, they the, make us the American queen and all that stuff in their words. And we said, okay. And so we did the second album and we had a song called Conversation. It was kind of a cruel to be kind, okay. kind of acoustic, you know, cruel to be kind conversation. Mm-hmm. Just because at that point was the clash and the pretenders and the sex pistols, the whole thing hit at that point, Elvis Costello. And all of a sudden we're old school dinosaurs or no and right, whatever. <laughs> And we thought the song conversation was a good thing for the radio at the time. And instead, Electra decided they were going to do our song Explorer suite, which is this big nine minute opus with two keyboard players and no guitar player. Oh, and they had some, some engineers someplace chop it up and try to make it into a three minute single. It was horrible. <laughs> it was just a mess. Oh, and they put it out and everybody said, we're dinosaurs and we suck. And meanwhile, Ron. Tour that all went along with Cheap Trick and Molly Hatchet in Kansas and everybody else slogging out there across the country in the snow. And then the third record we decided we're going to use Todd Rungan, which oh, wow. we were all geeked about. We're all of us were big Nas fans. I loved the Nas when I was in high school, I saying I want to be in the Nas. I want to move to Philadelphia and be in the Nas because that's my idea of a band, that kind of English kind of. We all like the guys doing like English bands. Okay. That's why I moved to London. Prior to that, I didn't want to play Boogie. Didn't want to be a blues band. Wanted to play more like the Moody Blues or ELO or The Move, those kind of bands, orchestrated rock. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with Todd running the controls, that was cool. We went to his house in Woodstock and uh, rehearsed his little, his warehouse where Utopia was their headquarters. Wrote all the songs the week before. We went in there and did a whole record in 52 hours. All the basic tracks were one, two takes, and that was it. I was going oh, man. whoa, <laughs> and uh, man. and it was great, and he you know went right along right, into, and he got we came time for the for the, uh, the background folks. That's when we started getting picky because he loves singing and <laughs> harmonies a lot spent a lot of time on his, more on the singing than anything else, okay. and uh, it went really good. And then we had a song called "Don't Ever Let Me Go" that we thought was a runner up to "Don't Ever Want to Lose You," hmm. and had a lot of singing very beatily that whole thing and had another song and uh and 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 Todd said this the lyrics were so so let's make it like be my dirty dream tonight or something like that. We'll call it DDT. And we say that's great. So they wrote these words, you know, Be My Dirty Dream. You're the kind of girl I want, be my dirty dream tonight. And we sent a copy to LA to a lecture. And they said it was unbelievable. The girls are dancing on the desktops. It's a hit. It's a hit it's a hit. That's the song we're going with they said fine yeah i can't piss off the label they got you got to work with them they put it out and every female program director and music director in america said we suck and we're male chauvinist assholes i'm not going to play the record and so they threw us off a lecture (laughs) (laughs) so now we're back in boston and we're not with bill aconna anymore because he's too busy doing kiss so we 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 we, uh cut our thing with bill We managing ourselves we called todd up we said hey (laughs) What's the shot? Coming up to your house and doing a fourth record? He said, "No problem. Like you guys. Just tell me when you want to go. We'll we'll fit it in." So we're in our place working on a fourth album. Mm -hmm. Again, had about a dozen songs going, and then John decided he was going to quit the band. Mm -hmm. And we're going, "Oh, no, no, no!" He's the main singer, main songwriter, lead guitar player, and the lead singer. It's like we're going to find a guy that does that, you know? So we put the word out. Got a lot of guys interested. And um, we, we talked to Gene and Gene said, we've got a guy in L.A. who's, who's ghost riding with us hmm. named, uh, named Vinnie Cassano. It's from New Haven. We grew up like three miles from each other, just never met, same age and everything. And he had played with Dan Hartman and Laura Niro and uh, Edgar Winter and stuff. Hmm. And He was riding out in L.A. with Kiss. And Gene said he's, he's great. He's a great songwriter. He sings great, sings like Lou Graham, hmm. and he plays great guitar. Um, you could have him. He's too too short to be in Kiss. <laughs> so he came to Boston. He learned our music, and he sent us a, a, a his own demo tape that was really cool. We oh. thought this is pretty good stuff. So we learned his demo tape. Oh, <laughs> when God. he came, we took him up the airport, eleven o'clock, at night, brought him our place out in the woods and played his music for him, and and just nailed it. He was just freaked out. I said, "Man, nobody in LA plays like you guys." Let's just we decide. Let's just end the New England thing right now. Let's just start a whole new band. Mm-hmm. So I, I closed my door in my place I had for ten years in Boston. Never came back. Wow. <laughs> Moved to LA. Went to LA. Started uh, rehearsing with Vinny. Mm-hmm. Where are And he's uh, recording with Kiss at night, and we're, we're we're rehearsing in the daytime. And did some demos at the record plant. It was all going along pretty good. We thought it was pretty good. You know, this is rocking. And then uh, they asked him to be in KISS full time. He just had two babies and you know three grand a week to start.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: okay. What do you want to hope your band gets a record deal? So, wow. so again, uh, Vinny joined KISS. Mm-hmm. So now we're out in LA. I got a place in Boston I can't pay for. I got a place in LA I can't pay for. I'm in my mid-30s. What am I going to do? So me and Jimmy decided to stay there and Every man for himself. And that leads into us starting Alcatraz. But that's a New England story. That's how Vinnie was connected to New England. And we called it as a working title warrior. There's a lot of warriors out there. And Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh, Vinnie Vincent things that are pre-kiss. And there's also the Vinnie Vincent stuff, his invasion thing after kiss.
0: But
3: it's not that period. It's his pre-kiss period where um, he was just... He's just Vinnie Cassano from New Haven. He wasn't Vinnie Vincent. That was Gene's idea. Sure. So. um
2: wow. I heard about the tapes being going on <laughs> that Herschel. He was working with Hirsch about some of the tapes Vinnie took.
3: Yeah, they had, they had problems. And Vinnie, you know, hmm. he, they, while we were forming Alcatraz, he and Vinny did some stuff together and they're both, I don't know to this day, I know who told what to anybody, but they had a lot of issues with lawyers and marshals and, Vinny Vincent invasion played in Providence and Hirsch had the marshals shut them down and take all their gear.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was actually Worcester. I was a high school kid at that show.
3: Oh, really? Wow.
2: Yeah, and like
3: the
0: it
2: was, act, was the story, the opening act, because like, it came to Massachusetts, and the marshals come and confiscate all their gear. My man
3: Hirsch. <laughs>
0: now, now is all is all it's this brutal? Is all this um, IP? St- Fights, inter- intellectual property, IP fights? Is that what, like... T- no, t- no. They,
3: yeah, they had... Like, the story is that they did some tapes together mm. on the hopes of getting a deal. And Vinny ran back to New York and had some other drummer redo hers' drum tracks and got a deal without him.
0: Okay. So he was... was
3: yeah. He went after him. Okay. And, you know, and we tried to... I, stayed, I, stayed, I said, I, I don't... Anything yeah. you guys are doing. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: And I. That's what, I have right. a funny
2: Vinny story about that. Around that time, mm-hmm. Vinny was out here borrowing a lot of gear, and one of my teachers, played both guitar and bass at the time. Rest in peace, Mike Turner. Mm-hmm. Had one of his like the latest Marshall head, whatever it was at that time. Vinny borrowed the head and took the head, and then Mike's like, "I need my head back. I need the head back. You know what's going on. I I I want my amplifier back."
3: You're right.
2: So. Vinny sends or somebody from his camp sends the head back and it's obviously the guts removed. So he picked it up. It's really light. You know, I'm like, oh, fuck. But oh. like, what's the smell? They opened it up and it was a bunch of women's underwear inside the marshal that's <laughs> missing.
3: Wow. And there's some, lots of stories going on about what's going on with that now. So mm, that's <laughs> it's too bad. You know, he's a he's a great player. Yeah. I, player I actually...
0: On. I saw out here, because I'm West Coast, you know, L.A., Orange County. Right. County. But I saw the Vinnie Vincent invasion with Jim Gillette as a singer. And I I want to say they opened up for Maiden. Okay. I, I, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a crazy show. And Jim Gillette was supposed to have, like, the highest pitch voice ever. Like, all that, you know. And I was yes. like, all right, whatever, you know. But, right. yeah, it was, it, it was crazy. So, that was my – I saw them open up. And they were, they were good. Like, whatever. But right. Maiden is – fucking maiden so
3: <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, Vinny sang great but he didn't want to play guitar and sing at the same time
0: so that's oh okay so that's why he got the Jim Gillette yeah. guy or the lead singer Perfect. interesting wow that's insane that's crazy
2: that's when Vinny had like the hair like you know oh
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> all, all of them everybody had the big hair so right. wow so did you come back have you lived in LA after that or, or did you come yeah, back? I lived in LA
3: for 15 years up in oh, West wow. Okay. I was in West Hollywood Hills for 15 years, looking down <laughs> the <laughs> roof of the Hyatt House. From I could see the pool from my my from my bedroom. Wow! Had a great place, Sonny. I lived on Hollywood Boulevard. People don't realize Hollywood Boulevard goes up into the hills after oh, yeah. crossed World Canyon. Yeah. yeah. all the way up. Yeah. Just Sunset Plaza. Man. And uh, I had a great house up there, 8800 Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs>
0: that's a, that's so a con- nice. con- That was all
3: during the Alcatraz years okay so that's so interesting yeah. so um, amazing man
0: dude you I, this you're the stories i love it just led you, you, you <laughs> and
2: then yeah then you kind of yeah got into the whole alcatraz thing right with um
3: yeah yeah i i i, I was uh i said i made a hundred letters to every record company in the earth at the time and bought the, the book you know record companies addresses and, oh I wrote a letter saying, I played New England, you know, we did some, did okay. Mm-hmm. Let me know any artist in a bass player. And I got back two letters from some under, under secretaries somewhere. I said, we got your letter. We'll file it. Thank you very much. Dan. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then BAM Magazine in LA had free ads in the back at the time. Mm-hmm. And it had like, you know, lead singer looking for a gig and all that kind yeah. of thing. So I said, I'm going to put an ad in the paper. And Michael Monarch, my buddy, Michael, he goes, and they were back from living in London in LA, we're hanging out. And he goes, you know, every crackpot in the world's going to call you up. You're wasting your time. And I said, Michael, answer me one question. Is the ad free? And he said, yeah. So I'm putting out ad in the paper. <laughs> so he said, X name bass player looks for recording gig or touring gig. Yeah. And I met about 40 people. And uh, and one night this English guy called me up and said, uh, are you a bass player? <laughs> Screaming at me. I said, yeah. And he said, who are you? And I said, well, you might not know of us. I was in a band called New England. He said, you were at the Electric Light Orchestra in Cambridge, Massachusetts, two years ago, eating all the shrimp. And I said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> he's the manager for ELO, And he oh, managing Graham Bonnet. I'm managing Graham Bonnet, wow. and we want to put a group together, not a solo Graham Bonnet band, but a group. Yeah, Grandma's, Graham's not a business guy. And... We got Barrymore Barlow because Andy, the manager, and Barry grew up together, played and Toll together. Hmm. Wow! And uh, and maybe Zal Clemson from on guitar. Hmm. Me and Jimmy from New England and Graham. So we got you know uh, Jethro Tall and yeah New England and Rainbow. We're in LA, and we got a record deal just on the strength of that. Sure. And uh, we went to the Hyde House on Sunset on a Sunday morning. 10 o'clock in the morning when the bar opened. Oh. To talk about the, the four of us, me and Andy and Jimmy and Graham. Oh, man. We want to have a band like like Rainbow, like Michael Shanker, European, you know, heavy rock thing.
0: Super band. I mean.
3: And we walked out of there sideways. We drank. So, <laughs> so. so <laughs> we were, they say in Boston, we were wicked, wicked drunk, <laughs> wicked <laughs> walking man. sideways out of So, wow. we started rehearsing, Graham and Jimmy and I. And we, and Jimmy actually had a song on the fourth New England thing that didn't get released. Mm-hmm. He wrote, and he played it for Grandma and that's kind of cool, kind of Motown kind of thing. This is Alcatraz, got Motown. How do you put Motown and Alcatraz in the same sentence? <laughs> but we did. Yeah. Because yeah. we're older guys.
0: Well, I, I mean, Alcatraz, it's, it's a soulful fucking band. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, mm-hmm. it really has soul. I i remember, dude. I, I love the band. Yeah. I, yeah.
3: We, uh, we just go about it a little bit differently, you know, and yeah. and and that's the song Island in the Sun Graham wrote lyrics to it. And and uh, if you listen to the new the latest New England, we, had, we just released a 40th anniversary five CD box set. And oh, one cool. of those CDs are these demos that we had rehearsal demos for that fourth album that we never did with Todd and that songs in it. it's called Take Another Ride. And it's the it's the island of the sun. This the video. The first video is the big hit for the first Alcatraz album.
0: Ingve hey, it. it
3: was a major key uh, strong, really?
2: strong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, that's funny. You know, I mean, didn't they want to name it something different? And you're like, get, get out of here."
3: <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's another thing. But Ingve like, like island of the sun. He wrote the bridge, you know. Okay. Da, da 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 just to release that's Ingve's thing a lot of the songs are three-way ties and they say oh Jimmy doesn't get credit for writing a lot of that stuff or anybody else in the band for that matter because the manager kept writing BMW on the song credits so he thought it looked cool so it looks, always looks like Bonnet, Malmsteen, Waldo okay. when of course if he's writing songs if the main writer would be the first name then sure. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. sequential mm-hmm. writers but yeah we're talking about names and everything and her you know Ingve anyway was it was very gothic and he wanted, you know, Excalibur or Burning Swords or something. we said, nah, I'm too old for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm 33, I can't hang with that. <laughs> and okay. I was, we we're, were one day arguing, we didn't argue what we are saying. Man, just said, you know, we're, we're almost done mixing the album and we still haven't named the band yet. Oh, man. And I said, you know, having been in New England and going to all these record stores for all these years, to see if our album's in the racks and all that stuff. You go to A, if you're a regular person, you go in A and look at ACDC, Aerosmith, and you go and kind of Z and see Frank Zappa. You never really get to the O's and the P's and the M's. Kind of like no man's land in the middle of that rack. Mm-hmm. We're in be- we were in between New Rise that and Purple Sage and Olivia Newton-John. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of action going on there. <laughs> so I said, it'd be cool to have a name like, starts with an A, like, all of a sudden, out of my mouth came to Alcatraz. Everybody just jumped up saying I was brilliant. <laughs> yes, I know that.
0: I get it. I mean, it's an amazing name, and it's the it's two Z's.
3: Yeah, two Z's like jazz. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. it.
0: That's, that's
3: fuck yeah. And, uh,
0: that's a fantastic name. Yeah, that's great. It's amazing. It sets
3: the part. I see. Want a heavy name? What's heavier than Alcatraz? That's mean and nasty. Yeah, there's nothing but, nice about that.
0: <laughs> and and the two Z's make it look even cooler, you know. And yeah, the,
3: jazzy. And the guy did. Wow. If you look at do you remember the movie called uh, all that jazz which Roy yeah yeah,
2: yeah yeah
3: if you look at that poster the all that jazz poster the, the oh, artist ripped off God. our logo from that poster in oh, that way it centers out wow i'm looking at that right now Isn't, and that's the bob fossey yeah yeah the bob fossey story yeah, yeah can you see wow. the poster Oh, yeah, it totally is.
0: I'm going to fly <laughs> that in. Totally I'm, looking, I'm flying <laughs> that in in the video. That's badass.
3: Oh, my God, man. There was some band in Germany, Alcatraz, with three Zs. Nope. There was some other band in, in, in San Francisco called Alcatraz. was a club band. We had to buy We spent a whole bunch of money getting rid of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One so mm. the two Zs helped for that. That's awesome. So we became Alcatraz. I love that. That's so how the name came along. And of course that brings up the whole prison thing and our whole thing had we gone further was mm-hmm. to be like our our videos where the drums are up on a tier like jailhouse rock we're
1: okay mm-hmm. yeah,
3: yeah. the drums would be up on the second level and we'd have girls dressed like guards with uniforms and stockings on as backgrounds and nightsticks singing you know in the background i'd be playing bass we have a good time and that was the plan to to have a stage show, you know, had we got the money and the, everything, had we not been on Rockshire Records. <laughs> oh man. Record company we were on didn't know what they were doing
0: oh.
3: and it didn't get promoted. And now this, everybody in this world's got this first record. It's gotta be Plutonium by now.
0: Yeah.
3: I don't have any gold record. I don't, you know, I've got nothing. It's no, the label just going away. Oh. So we, you can't get any, at least give me a, you can't, if you're not giving me any money, give me a stupid painted piece of plastic disc. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Get that. Soul.
3: Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's okay. Mm. But we're still rolling, and that's
0: a great thing. That's good. That's good to hear, I, man. I, I, I
2: remember uh, in high school, uh, I, I think it was high school, I just remember when the Steve By years and the video and the incredible playing and looking at Steve and a wall of carvings with, like, two caps and two hats on each thing, you know, and it was like, wow.
3: Yeah. I had a wall of Randall. I had a rental endorsement, both Jimmy and I. We actually, uh, Ingve could have had rental too, but he wanted to keep the Marshall. I, I understand that because the, the rental stuff was solid state. Yeah. But I had their RBA 500 heads, had two of them, and they were 350 RMS solid state. And they were great. I had them. I just sold the last one a year ago. When I moved to Florida, I sold one. Wow. I had. And uh, the thing's been working for 35 years. And like I said in the ad in the very beginning, you turn them on, they work. Unlike the SVTs, got to keep messing with the tubes and changing them and yeah. checking mm. the cold sauce. I'll spend about a thousand bucks a year at least, having the crew guys go through my three SVT heads every few months, make sure nothing catches yeah. fire and blows yeah. up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love I love Ampeg. still do. I've got a, yeah. I have an Ampeg, uh PH five hundred. I play through right now. Nice, it works fine for me. Sure. But uh, I had Randall. And I had a. I had. I had uh, eight. Two by fifteen cabinets with ported horns, which is monster cabinets. So we had a wall. We had I think Ooh. there was there was seventeen stacks on stage. <laughs> and Jimmy had eight of their PA cabinets for keyboards. Oh my God. Now we had more money in row cases than some bands have for their gear. Yeah. 2030 grand in row cases. So <laughs> but a and wall, that was our, our thing. That was our that was because my, my point was you're not you're not a you are not a, a headliner. But when you have an opening act, and you got that kind of gear. People walk in, I know 15 year old guys, I know how 15 year old guys think. You got to be good. If I see five Marshall stacks, these guys got to be good. So come <laughs> yeah. on and see our stuff, you know. Oh. And I learned also at one point, especially with KISS, was that we had that kind of gear in New England as well. Hmm. But as soon as they unveiled the KISS stage, <laughs> people forgot about us in a nanosecond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This huge stage with the Marshalls built into the walls and ramps. So we started headlining and we decided to drape all our stuff in black. Our whole backline got draped. So the opening act come in with a twin reverb and a sure. something else, and a little drum set. They're not going to be standing in front of our wall of stuff. So when they're off the stage, our guys go out there, pull the cloth, the kids go, whoa. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. That's, That's why I paid money for the ticket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's awesome. why I'm here. And off we go, you know, kaboom, kabang, right from the first song, which, let's rock. <laughs> so that was our thing. We, you know, um, we always had that equipment kind of thing that, you know, we got in trouble with Thin Lizzy for that. They, they said they didn't know who we were, and when the truck opened the door, they thought we were pink floor, and they got intimidated and freaked out, and they did some crazy shit to us, and long story, but they, they said, take his left-hand compliment. We screwed you guys, because... We didn't know who you guys were you guys are great i'm wow. going damn and we said well okay fine so let's, let's go to the bar and drink yeah <laughs> oh my gosh let's be friends but yeah they, they they were freaking out on us
0: really wow yeah
3: so Man. and it's hard to travel that much gear i mean today you know we're, we, we fly in one svt one cabin if i'm lucky mm. and that's it mm. and so now you got to line backdrop and bring the backdrop with us, you know, big the big logo thing. But there's no more. I mean, Joe brings three heads with him and stuff and mm-hmm. all that. But there's not that that truck full of gear we always had before.
2: Oh, is Joe traveling with a with a few heads too? Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, he's got a bunch of junk. He's got got a bunch of a uh, whole bunch of ESP guitars and takes three heads, and he gets he gets to sound live really well awesome and if i have an svt with one bottom, i, I can do okay with that yeah mm-hmm. really you're going through the mains anyway so the stage volume it doesn't need to be too loud just doesn't look like it you know you go to you see gear or you see better lights or something to be to switch out for that so but i'll live
2: <laughs> with, with alcatraz um... Are you traveling with a couple like to get gear wise, get geeky? Because we have some geeks that, you know, definitely base geeks that are following this whole thing. Right.
0: And we're ge- we're all base geeks. And right. we are as well. Yeah. Right.
3: So, what do you want to travel with?
2: Yeah. What are you traveling with? Are you br- bringing a couple of bases?
0: I bring one base. Okay. I've been bringing Nearly. one. Base.
3: Yeah.
2: No backup.
0: Nope. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that right there.
3: Yeah. One base. What is I the I just bought a new. Um, Hang on, I, I got it real okay. quick.
0: Yeah. Hey Tony, check your uh vocal. It sounds a little muffled.
2: I wonder why. Still?
0: That's no, all right. No, it's all right. That's all right. It'll work. It'll be fine. What are you drinking, John?
1: I
3: am drinking the
0: <gasps> So yeah, I just is...
3: walked well, yeah. out. Okay.
0: Oh, hey. <laughs> oh shit. Look at I that.
3: just bought this uh 60th anniversary nice. p Bass. So oh cool or 11 Fuck yeah! and uh it was the, the james jamerson my first base was this base with sunburst so i put a white pearlite picker on it. okay it's just uh you know yeah. stock fender. but it is- sounds great i mean, i use it yeah. in the last new england uh stuff we did nice and uh i carry that can't go wrong and i have one i've got a warwick bag that i've, I've got two great Warwick bags i've had <laughs> i just bring the one the one thing i put those you know those uh those tubes used in the pool, those those plastic. Oh, the, yeah. Noodles. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the noodles.
1: The noodles.
3: I just stuffed a bag with those things. Stuff it around the perimeter of the headstock and the body. And I put them under the neck. I got all kinds of foam so it doesn't weigh anything. But you can pretty much walk on it. You're not going to hurt anything. And, you know, a base is pretty tough anyway. I mean, yeah. Really got it. Unless you walk on the neck, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not a Thunderbird. I had a Thunderbird and the neck got broken off. Oh, do that. Man. Well, yeah, so, that's a, yeah. But I've been just taking one base with me wow. and it's just easy. Cause I get on a plane and if I, if I can't get on a plane with me, then I can get, take it to gate.
0: Yeah.
3: Yep. They take it. And they throw it on top of the stuff. I come off the plane. The guy's got it first off the plane with the baby carriages and I'm good to go. It's not going into transportation yeah. at the, in the beginning of the airport. You'll never see it again. You yeah. know, right. Hey, I know what that is. Yeah. Thanks. Right.
0: <laughs> Well, and it's it's not like a vintage instrument that you you know you're never going to be able to replace. It's, it's right, you know, it's a good. I took my to- '65
3: jazz bass with me for a couple of years to Japan, even. Oh. Now i was just terrified about that the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bass, I'll kill myself. But Jimmy's going that bass sounds like nothing else. You got to get, it. I bring that bass, man. Oh, <laughs> just Just the other day, was telling me that. Oh, so man, Virgin
2: but- will let you go on. I've done this a handful of times with a double gig bag. Mm-hmm. I'll have a, a mono with like two right. thirty-five inch scale bases, and yeah, you know, and I'll say I'll get on a book to the back of the plane, or I'll just say it on here. I'll just I'll be like, does anyone have any issues or need to get on? I'll be like, yeah, I, I I'm a little sore. Can can I get on now? <laughs> so you can get on, right? Boop, right at the overhead. Mm-hmm. Borrow, bloop, right on the overhead
3: yeah i'm same way here i've had a, i i was carrying two bases for a while i had a mono bag double bag it's just so big and clumsy though so i'm just gonna have one one bag one base and if it breaks i'm gonna find i'll borrow one from somebody else that night or yeah. borrow one tomorrow morning or something so i mean even uh there's a lot of a lot of you know like a squ- even squire bases i mean it's been, sure you not know, hateful yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a squire fretless that's a great base. I bought it for $300 bucks. It's got a great growl to it. The, the yeah. Jocko version of the oh, fender's like $1,600 $1, This Squire thing sounds great. It's like why why get anything else, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> for, for that. Not not particularly about that. Yeah. But I mean this is and it's the same thing with this. I mean it's you know, It's
0: a workhorse. It's
3: great. Mm-hmm. It's like 900 bucks off Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> that's great you know it's wow. got a, I like precision necks I'm not a jazz neck sure. guy sure, mm-hmm. sure. my first bass was a P t-neck mm-hmm. and um, I like the wider neck especially in, in the front here
0: sure
3: and I go to do an f sharp or something octave in my mm-hmm. get this little skinny neck that's not a guitar I'm not playing a straight <laughs> i <playing> bass
2: <laughs> I think there's tone in more mass yeah. uh, you know so more something. mass I feel like it is something right. substantial
3: Right. I don't want it to be weigh five ounces or anything. I don't want yeah. to cut out and hollow. I want it solid body. Yeah. Alder, I don't need exotic woods. I don't, you know, I don't think they sound that great. Leo, it's got alder wood. All these spaces are just alder wood and it sounds it's great. It works. Mm-hmm. it works. If it ain't broke. Me. I think, the, uh, I think this, the G&L is mahogany. I think, the, I think the older ones are mahogany. Yeah, it's no sweet.
0: So. <clears throat> but that's fantastic.
3: I brought this wow. to the first, uh, I used it on the first Alcatraz tour. I used it recently, last three years ago. We were playing on the West Coast and I brought it to, uh, we played Reno, LA, a bunch of dates in Texas. And I took this and it's kind of funny because nobody knows this is the bass and did that first album.
0: That's awesome, man. That's an L1000. Yeah. That's an original, and it's like an eighty eighty one. Hell yeah. Nice. That's, what that's my favorite. I love the
2: cracks in the yeah. lacquer. Oh
0: yeah, the
3: checking. Oh yeah. That looks amazing. Fucking nitro. That's nitro. This was some gig yeah. in Wisconsin someplace. It just we just froze to death. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, it, it's you know, it's a little cosmetic, but it still fucking works. Yeah, it's it beautiful. Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, that's that's
3: just
2: That's mahogany for sure. Yeah.
3: That's just a There's good It was somewhere I painted oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's just real here.
3: relic. That's hey, real. Mahogany relic. Right here.
0: Yeah, 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 dude, that is rad. Wow. wow, that bass has gotten love, man. That that yeah. thing is awesome.
3: And I I, I want to I, I like the Pickard, because I like mm-hmm. the Telecaster Pickard. So I have my jazz bass. Wow. But I've always had the Telecaster Pickard. Wow, that's cool. Let me, let me grab that really quick.
0: Don't right. go- yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't go anywhere. I, I
2: like I like his
1: geeking.
0: <laughs> oh dude the geek is a- well now i need to ask about the eight string and ten string the double double oh yeah for sure about those because i don't know about them and he does what are you drinking tony coffee i'm curious
2: um uh, okay. I- i'm out of our sponsor's coffee as well so this is
0: okay oh pete. nice pete okay all right we're geeking now now yes. we're
3: going we're we're- gear geeking So I had a Telecaster base in 1968, 69. I went down New York City to Mays and I bought, I traded in my 65P base like an idiot for this piece of junk, new Telecaster. I hated it. I went to Boston to go to Berkeley. The base got stolen.
1: Mm.
3: Went and I had taken a pickguard off. I was going to put a second pickup on the Telecaster. I thought I didn't like the sound of it. Sure. Got stolen. Had the pickguard. Went down in New York and I got this, Sixty-five jazz bass with a precision neck on it. Okay. For, right. for how much? Hundred and forty. Holy jeez! L series.
0: Oh, dude. Woo.
3: And I, one day I was messing around. I took the pickguard off, and I had the Telecaster pickguard, and I put it under the strings. And I thought, hey, you know, if I just cut it down here, yeah, mm-hmm, it'll fit. So I took. My hot knife and gas stove and chopped it off and (laughs) didn't wear a sense. Wow! And I took the it it was lake plastic blue. I sanded it off and got the sure. Took Mm -hmm. the wood down and put some kind of shellac. I don't know what it's on there. Yeah, that looks pretty nice, man. Oh, just just wearing this puppy. Yes. Yeah, and this face just just wow. Just by
0: itself sounds great. That might be Brazilian Rosewood. That might be Brazilian.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It just sings. Huh? Oh. And I mean, yeah, That is
2: the Gary Shea oh. bass. That pickguard, when you see it, you're like, oh, that's Gary's.
0: This yeah. thing is rock,
3: you know. <laughs> nice. And road. that's a
0: 65, Gary?
3: Yeah. Nice. And um, Beautiful. I don't want to take it on the road, you know? It's like, yeah. Right. right so i kill myself i've yeah, had it for it's,
0: irreplace- it's irreplaceable you can't
3: you can't had it for it. close to i don't know almost 50 years i guess yeah 45 oh. years but it sounds great i played every day and yeah. I call it the, the palomino
0: <laughs> yeah i you know the pick that's that's cool that looks cool with the pick
3: guard yeah so that's so cool. that's why I, I went to the uh the black guard for the G N L sure
0: oh, i love that that looks fantastic
3: yeah, it looks great. The black looks nicer than white on the on the tobacco sunburst. Yeah, so yeah. I'll wow. go black. So and a friend of mine did it and cut the, the to five ply. No, it's Got amazing. the white edging on, yeah. it. so there's a definition rather than just being black against the mm-hmm. the paint. And uh, wow. I like the way it came out. So
0: it looks amazing, different. dude. Yeah, those are great bases, man. That's the P base the way. That was the last iteration, Leo P base. What he wanted it to be,
3: right? yeah no they went they went to the notched headstock you know yes. they went to the notched yeah. headstock yeah and some people i've seen going what why is it hasn't got the notch because it's a real it's the original <laughs> you yeah, The
0: real one yeah but we're we brought back the unnotched, so we now have the bo- both which right i like both <laughs> but i prefer the one like you i like that or without the notch my preference yeah. but i like both right but yeah dude that's amazing i love that
3: yes yeah. Yeah. I like the Asat the Asat bases too, the, the Telecaster bodies. Asats are great. One these days I'm going to get one of those. I
0: think. <laughs> I will, hey, well you know somebody. I will take care of you. I will you totally. Take, yeah, hell yeah, man. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll totally take care of you, man. We, we we'll hook that up. And again, you know, if you're out on the West Coast, you got to come to yeah. the factory, see Leo's laboratory, and uh, it's that's cool. Pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. I had a
3: nice I had a nice uh, Jackson base. Oh, nice. That uh. Alcatraz with Danny Johnson in it. Okay. Uh, Grover was messing around Paizo pickups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had a really cool P bass hmm. and it was a pool table. It was green and it had playing cards painted on it and the knobs were dice. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool. Wow. And he said, take it to rehearsal. And I was playing Aria mm-hmm. SB Elites at the time.
0: Okay.
3: And, and I, I did the Aria thing. In Tokyo, Ingve had an ARIA endorsement. And um, I turned him on to Dan Jellico, and he turned me on to the ARIA. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll play the bass if you put EMGs in it and put badass bridges on them. Unlike Cliff Burton's one, the one pickup thing, he used mine of two pickups. And it was white and gold hardware wow. and flashy. And so I was, Grover sent a couple of his guys down with a soldering iron <laughs> and some meters, and we'd play the same song. And I played the bass up, we played a verse, put down, picked the aria, pick up the Jackson, and we're kind of comparing the piles of pickup to that bass. And then uh, Grover said, oh, that's cool. And sent for helping me, I'm gonna give you that bass. And I said, hell yeah. <laughs>
2: and then
3: the phone rings a couple of days later, and this guy says, no, Grover changes mine. And I said, oh man. <laughs> he said, Grover said, come on down and build anything you want. <laughs> From scratch.
0: Well, there you said, go. Okay,
3: okay, I'll be right over. <laughs> so I made a really cool Jackson base with a plasma pickup white. Okay. And uh, and I put, I had the, the body contour because the, the Jackson want to give something. Sure. I hate having the square edge. Yeah. The cage. yeah. So I carved that off and moved the knobs around and reset the bridge and did a whole bunch of crazy stuff to it. In fact, I said to Grover, I said Do you want to bring it to the NAM show. He said, stay away. I have to retool my factory because of you. <laughs> yeah. It's a one-off it, that
0: everybody's gonna want.
3: And I tried to go for this John Emerson just rocket engine mid rangey sound right. on it. And it just didn't quite I didn't put enough bass in it, I thought. So I wish I just tweaked the bass just a tad more. But uh it was a it's a cool looking bass. I don't have it anymore, but yeah. you know, it's a good bass. Grover.
2: You know, Gary, if there's uh if there is NAM twenty twenty-two. You should come out.
3: Yeah, I'd love to go. Out. I I I would uh, be there at bells on if if, if uh, Mr. COVID gets out of the way. Yes, <laughs> hopefully. Cross fingers. Yep. Stuff yeah. will start opening. No, you More. guys get
2: some tour dates. Alcatraz has got some stuff tentatively booked.
3: Or yeah, we're playing on Scotland in uh, November twenty sixth. It would be Thanksgiving for us in the states. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's great playing the Winterfest. Mm-hmm. It's us and Vandenberg and a bunch of other bands. Yeah, and I'll uh, become. Kind of, and then we'll hopefully by that point we'll have a bunch of dates in Ireland and Scotland and England too. Because we just we lost thirty shows this year mm-hmm. from the COVID thing. We had a whole European thing. We were gonna do. We were gonna do uh, eighteen cities and eighteen nights in seven countries. <laughs> oh wow! That was the beginning of it. And all of Spain, all of France, sure. Austria, Germany, Italy. Oh, man! And then off to you know, Britain and Scandinavia. So hopefully we'll be able to fill that stuff in. So we're working on a new album now. Cool. And that's going great, nice and heavy. And uh, hopefully they will be out sometime beginning of the summertime, some time to go out there and start playing again. That's awesome. I don't think we'll be playing much before summertime. We're lucky. Yeah, for I know
2: you have, like tentatively had like a summer tour too, but is that canceled for 2022?
3: You know? Well, I, some of those dates like, have moved one up. You know, there's, there's like a show in Belgium. That we're on, and um, in fact, New England and Alcatraz were booked in this particular festival together,
0: mm.
3: and oh, wow. we had it worked out that New England was going to play, and then Alcatraz was next. Oh my God!
2: <laughs> yeah, because I was talking to David, the possible song man you know, and uh. Uh, uh, he's like, "Oh, I wonder what's going to happen for touring for you know this summer," and I'm like, you know, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think New England's going to make it this time around, but. If we have a chance, we'll go as Uncle Chess for sure because we'll be there.
0: That's awesome. So, fingers crossed, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I have a question. I was reading an article. Are you playing much eight string, ten string basses now, or do you um, do that? Oh, no, no, I'm not. I
3: had, I had probably the world's first and only ten string bass. Yeah. I met Paul Hamer back on the first New England tour. And he made me a explorer body with the ten strings. And it was a it was a five string bass, but it had a high string rather than the low B.
0: High C okay.
3: and high B. And I figured oh. I could tune it to f- in fifths oh,
0: wow. and
3: play chords. Yeah. And do some kind of picky stuff. And when we lost John Fan when the wing was still together, we started regrouping and trying to be like Genesis or something. And sure. I started playing all these picky Anthony Phillips kind of things, you know, a neck in the neck, chordal things, trying to yeah. do that. It didn't really have any low end to it, though. Mm. And, uh, and later on, I got a uh, Paul maybe a, a cruise bass eight string.
1: Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's on the, the, uh, the beginning of the uh, um, Alcatraz Live in Japan with Steve. With Steve okay. I. Wow. And if you look at the video, I opened a concert with that bass, which is me and a drum machine start the thing off. Wow. And uh, that's cool.
0: That's awesome. And that was
3: just a regular cruise bass okay. with the uh, regular A string. And that's since then, I nice stopped using the A strings. It just didn't. Uh,
0: yeah.
3: It's hard to get getting low end. Sure. You sure. You can buy amp and do all kinds of stuff. And there's some great guys that doing some twelve string stuff that's amazing right now. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really work for what we're doing. I really said the same thing with the five string. I don't play 5s so I, I still prefer the four. Nice. Just, I just, just, feel like just the feel of the notes. Yeah. Just, and I can't deal with the, with the spacing being closer. I've got a real nice Fender mm-hmm. uh, five string P bass. It looks just like the other one. Okay. It's a five, and the neck is a lot wider. and I bought it for that reason. It's the wide, whitest five string that I've ever seen. Sure. But still, you know, there's the B string there. And it's like, it's just not the same. They have yeah, the top E, yeah, yeah. you know. That's so why I know there's a G there's an A, you know. Sure. sure. I agree with what Billy says. You know, got a hip tuner, you know, down a D, mm-hmm. and you get pretty much all the same notes the same way. And in the concert, it's hard to hear the bass in the first place. I mean, where are we talking? And records the one thing, you know, yeah. like, uh, in that song, Breaking Heart of the City, where I used the A string, we were tuned down to C. Oh,
0: wow.
3: Okay. So we all the way down, the, the, the uh, the strings just flapping off the neck down there. Sure. Bro, 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 bro. That was, it was heavy. And that was 1985. We're doing that. Nice. And, uh, so that was kind of cool. So the song was in C. Okay. And, uh. We went beyond D, <laughs> another whole step. <laughs> and I also of Steve's ideas. Steve wrote that song. Okay. And you can yeah. hear it on it's called Breaking the Heart of the City. That's amazing. And That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I've got a, like I said, I got that five. I had a couple of fives. I have Judicus five.
0: Okay.
3: I've got a uh, my friend in Cambridge, Massachusetts makes Judicus basses heard- Oh yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. I've been playing this. This is Judicus Tiberius.
0: Look at that thing. That things rad.
3: Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really nice. Yeah, he's wow. a local builder. Yeah. Uh, friends with Hirsch. Her. Hirsch had a st- his studio okay. at his house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we would go into the room.
3: Steve's yeah. studio. Yeah. Hirsch's been using Steve's studio. He's got a studio and it builds his stuff out in the back. It's got real nice binding. Yeah, great
0: attention to detail.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Fuck, that's rad.
3: So it's got Bartolini's and an angular OC2 preamp. Okay. Way more knobs than I'm used to. <laughs>
0: right.
3: Those all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Things to pop and go fizz. It's got yeah. some serious low end to it. I bet.
0: Man. They're beautifully
3: mm-hmm. made. They are a beautiful base.
2: Made. Yeah. Yeah. So I've
3: been taking this on the road sure. for the longest time.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And this is pretty, uh, pretty sturdy as well. Nice. It's bolt on. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a beautiful base. It's just really nice. It's different than my Fender sound, but again, yeah, it's got a good tone to it. Still, still has
0: yeah, it's beautiful. It still has that workhorse thing to
3: it, which is important. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So that's why I've been playing this on my Fender. Nice.
2: I saw that in the the latest Alcatraz video.
3: Yeah, yeah, our new video. uh, Do you like the city on playing the space. I'm doing a video, actually, Saturday. Hmm.
2: Did you guys just do that? Like, I'll record all your parts separately. Yeah. It was almost like COVID. Like, all right, there's Gammy. Okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jimmy, over here, you know? Right. So, Yeah,
3: yeah it's, i got I'm using this space. This is another Dudicus.
0: Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Get a little cut out here.
2: Oh, I put sandwiches there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: some, good food, some dip oh that's great man mm-hmm. it looks like the neck pickup is a little closer to the to the neck huh? yeah a little more bottom end
3: these, these are angular pickups okay yep again yeah. with the same angular preamp in it sure And the chambered yeah. thing
0: it's
3: a little more mid-rangey Nice, you know, beautiful Thanks. mix of nice spaces.
2: Gary, before we get into some questions, actually, um, give us all your socials where we can find you.
3: Socially uh, <laughs> basically just just Facebook. You okay. know, Facebook. Cool. There's a couple of Gary Shays who are friends of mine. There's three of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll will f- find the right one and I'll put yeah. I'll put a little link underneath. How about yeah, uh, I had a
3: website for like ten years and it wasn't really doing much. So why am I, I spending all this money yeah. on a website? So I pulled it. Okay. And so uh, Facebook. I just used a Facebook. I've got two Facebook pages. Okay. And if you just Google my name, sure. The scary Gary Shader pops up. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I did. I looked up the articles and started reading some stuff on you. Yeah. So. Right. I'll, I'll find stuff on there. I'll find some links and I'll put them all up. right
2: and we have got the three questions the three questions and right. Steve start
0: all right Gary so we have these three questions it can be living or dead artists it can be basically kind of anybody right work towards artists so who would you have loved to have studied with that maybe you haven't studied with study with yeah study with
3: that's a good good question Just a few people okay. I mean I love John Whistle. yeah my heroes John Russell,
0: Yeah.
3: hands down or Tim Boger, It's great and uh another guy that people don't talk about is jim fielder mm. who played bass for blood sweat and tears oh oh yeah he's, he's great i saw him at yale when i was about 18 first blood sweat and tears line with al cooper and he plays you know three fingers He's a monster sure. Just... maybe guys like that i think that'd be That's cool. that'd be my pick okay awesome john
0: john, oh, john all
3: right I think i learned more about learn more about the bass from those guys Paul McCartney you know I would you'd learn more melody but sure. you would learn more about attack and and mm-hmm. silence from those other guys I think got it that would be yeah. what I'd be interested in as got well it. as a theory of, of things you know sure sure that's cool I mean John also was so great because he played French horn he was a schooled musician he wasn't a, yeah first time he picked up an instrument yeah. and it shows you know he was a lead the lead player for the who yes he was (laughs) yep yes he was was. Uh, (laughs) you look why it leads when he kicks in all hell breaks loose yeah yeah (laughs) so that was he was my hero still is that's so cool uh, nice
0: all right john you want to ask the next question
3: all
1: right live or dead who would you want to jam with
0: I mean, Gary's jammed with everybody. You're a freaking legend. I know, but he also
1: said, too, he doesn't I, jam. They rehearse.
0: I know, man. I know. But yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, oh, I'm,
1: we'll
2: rephrase it. Who would Live you have
0: to play
1: with? It. Yeah. Even.
3: Yeah. Uh, probably David Gilmore. Ah, oh, maybe.
2: didn't expect that, man.
3: Nice. That'd be pretty cool to, to just groove along on whenever he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. You know, not playing a lot, but sure. right notes in the right place. Yep.
0: Yeah. I like that. That's cool. That would just be
3: that would be a, an emotional mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's more than theory or sure anything else. Technique just playing bass to what he plays on the guitars. He plays some some great stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like his style. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
2: So. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to get that. That's cool. We're getting <laughs> lots of surprises lately, too. I yeah. love
0: it's it. It's awesome, man. Everybody. Yeah. It, yeah. Tells, it definitely kind of tells the personality. It, it fits. It's really cool. Yeah, we get to hear all these different answers. I love it.
3: I'm an old guy. I turned 70 a couple weeks ago.
0: What? <laughs>
2: Did no, you well, really?
3: 70, yeah. Geez,
2: <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you and Hirsch. Hirsch is like, I don't even know how
0: old Hirsch Would never have guessed, Gary. You look great, man. you mm-hmm. young.
3: Yeah. Wow. Hirsch is uh, 71-ish, 2-ish.
2: Yeah, something like that, yeah. And, I mean, doesn't look it either. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, not at all
3: we're um, coming from that we're 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 all high school guys in the 60s and we've had high school bands and we just hmm. never took no for an answer and kept going
0: well and you kept healthy somehow like seems yeah. like health like right important without indulging i mean obviously people right adult,
3: but I had a good time yeah i'm not a teetotaling guy because i don't have to and i yeah. feel sorry for people who got too wrapped up in that stuff it's like what were you thinking <laughs>
0: yeah yeah true So, man
3: so yeah uh I ride a bike every day. I ride 12 miles every day. Love oh, it. nice. I got 4,000 miles coming up on my new bike. I've had it about a year now.
0: Oh, now we're going to... Awesome.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. Awesome, man. <laughs> I'm in Florida, so I can ride all the time. It's what I oh, like. yeah. You know?
2: Dude. We all ride, the three of us, too. We're all... We're yeah. bike mm-hmm.
3: So I can ride, you know, pretty much when it's not raining, I ride. Sure. And, and uh, I can't do that. You some know, it's one of the places. I was in yeah. Michigan for a while, and it's just, just snow and all that stuff. It's like... Yeah. So it's a lot a lot, lot nicer down here. That's rad. Nice. Sorry um, for the moment that
0: are <laughs> going through snowstorms.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last it's Not too bad. I pulled out the snowblower, put on a Carhartt jacket. I cleaned up that
3: driveway in no time. It's I, no I, big I did all that. I, I, <laughs> and I gave the snowboard to my kids and said, have fun. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, Gary <laughs> lived
2: in Boston for a while, too, and he's from Connecticut. He's used to this. I,
3: I grew up in Connecticut, I man. I'm hip to snow. My first gigs were shoveling snow, so I got my first guitar. I bought a Tysco Del Rey guitar at a place called Kings, which was like a, a Kmart. Wow. 40, $49 or something stupid. $47, $49. So I'm the, I'm the
0: odd man out. I'm Southern California all the way. I'm like, fuck the snow. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> oh, and Sunday.
3: Oh, what did Steve say
2: the other day? It's 55 I put my seat warmers on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I put my seat warmers on. I got
1: hoodies. That's, right. That's why I sent that AccuWeather thing this morning. When yeah. I looked at the uh, my nope. weather app this morning, and it was like negative nine outside. So I sent it over to Steve.
0: I would die. Where are
3: you, John? Uh, I'm in Michigan. Oh, that's right. So, GHS duh. Are you yeah. out, out towards Jackson somewhere? Or? Uh, yeah, a little bit uh, further west in Kalamazoo. Hmm. Okay. We played Kalamazoo. No England played Kalamazoo. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, well, that. Yeah. With, uh, with Kansas.
1: Oh, wow. Sweet. Wow. Damn.
3: That's so rad. Some touring history. Alcatraz, we, Alcatraz did a 40 date side uh, with Ted Nugent. <laughs> <I
2: won't be. sighs> that, that had to be crazy with Ted.
3: I wasn't crazy. He was very organized. I mean, his, 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 his thing was very organized, very professional. And he, he was a good guy. He, we, we played in New Haven. And um, and it was raining. And we got on a stage and the power blew out halfway through our first song. We're getting ready to segue to the second song, the whole place. Goes and half the bands on one side of the stage, half on the other. And I see these two the electrician guys arguing. A guy threw this 440 box and arced across the hallway. Oh, so, I I'm on the bus now. <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh, so we're on our bus for about two hours, you know. And I had leather pants on. It was August. It was pouring. It was you know, 100 degrees outside. God. I started peeling my junk off. I like, That's it. We're not playing tonight. And Ted came on our bus. He goes, Here's the deal. We got the power going. You guys go out there and start all over. Do your encore. And then me and my guys do our thing. They stayed until three o'clock in the morning. They shut the bar down. It was a club that served alcohol. Shut the bar down. And Ted and his guys played till three in the morning. Wow. That's pretty cool. So I'm gonna give Ted credit said, give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, man. Um, kudos. Musically speaking. <laughs> Damn. Nice.
2: <laughs> and the last question, um, who would you like to have a meal with? Living or dead? Any time period, anybody from history or now? You know? Meal with.
3: Yeah. That's a good one. A meal, A meal.
2: Uh, I see the gears
3: turning. I know. I know.
1: There's some heavy <laughs> thought now.
2: It'd
3: be tough. I don't know. A meal with A musical person or any kind of person.
2: Anybody. Anybody. Can be anybody. 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 I don't know. Uh, you're not alone. Brian Bella was the same thing. He's like, really?
3: Going through yeah. my, my history book here. Going, Rrr. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's let's say Leonardo da Vinci. Be interesting it. guy. would be a good one.
0: Are you kidding me? That guy's yeah, Renaissance man. I mean, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I was in Rome recently <laughs> and I saw drawing some of his drawings. All the museums and things, sure. And good stuff. Yeah,
2: man. A Detailed thinker. I'm, I'm sure he'd be a great conversationalist. You know?
0: Yeah. Me? <laughs> yeah, you think? Yes. Yeah. That'd be rad. So smart guy.
3: Yeah. Maybe Nikola Tesla would be a good good runner up too.
0: Oh, that'd <laughs> be, be a good too. one. Oh one. yeah, hmm.
2: yeah.
3: If you want an interesting kind, interesting conversation. Yeah. He
2: had some strong opinions too about things as
3: well. So. Yeah. 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 He was right. <laughs> in history. We're, we're, yeah.
2: right. Well, this yeah. was cool. We're, we're going to actually, um, we're going to all stay on for a minute. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to stop the recordings. And that's when we talk, as Steve would say, Steve the line.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We stop recording here and we talk shit in the virtual green room as we cool. say bye to everybody. So we still converse secretly. Cool. If you will,
1: the stuff it's not secret if you tell everybody, Steve. Well,
0: they don't know what the fuck we're talking about. They don't know what we're talking about. That's what it is, Gary. So I got to tell you, man, just a pleasure talking to you. Legendary, just yeah, man. Your your history is amazing, and I really appreciate you giving us the time. It means a lot. Thanks, guys. Been
3: great talking to you. Yeah, we
2: get a chance to continue the conversation that got broken up by Captain. Remember Captain (laughs) saying, "Oh, Gary, you got to go in this room. Can't talk to Tony anymore."
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Well, Gary. Well, this is not the last time we'll do it again. We're you know, we mm-hmm. we're, this is we kind of we can do whatever the hell we want, man. We can have yeah. So we'll do this again for sure. And there just you go. stay safe in these crazy times. And uh, again, Big Bottom Podcast, Gary Shea. We're gonna talk shit. So goodbye, everybody.
3: Big Bottom.
1: Big Bottom. <laughs>